Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, um... This is going to be an unusual podcast. I'm going to get right to it. I had uh, Nick Stevens on. We talked a little Red Sox. And along the way, I decided to play a little game with him. It was a little impromptu game, which was, as we're both huge Boston Red Sox fans, and the Red Sox have been in 14 postseasons in our lifetime. Well, actually, in, in in our memory, because both of us are too young to remember 1975. I decided to do a little... I guess not really word association game, but memory association game with him. And I went down each of the years that the Red Sox have made the postseason that that we have concrete memories of, visceral memories of. And what was supposed to be a quick little game kind of turned into us opening up some memories, some silly, some poignant, some that caught us off guard. And... This podcast is going to be a little longer than a normal one, and you know what? I decided that's okay, because it's my podcast, and it unfolded in a way that I thought was kind of nice. So what you're going to listen are two friends who we've known each other for 20-some-odd years, going through some of our memories, and unlocking some memories that, man, some of us were like, wow, I forgot all about that. And so I hope you enjoy... Two buddies having a conversation on the phone and going down memory lane. This is me and the creator of townynews.com, Nick Stevens. And I'm going to say a year the Red Sox went to the postseason, and we're each just going to say, without, don't think too much about it. Just the nope. first thing that instantly pops in your head. Well, the, for the instant, like 1986. Henderson. Game six, New York. I, you, I know I should have said, you know what I should have said? Framingham. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have said Framingham because I was with my dad at his best friend, at his, my dad's best friend's house. Uh, my dad's best friend, uh, uh, na- uh, Phil Fasano, nicknamed the Waz. And we were at the Waz's house in Framingham watching game four, I believe, or game five of the ALCS between the Angels, the Halos, and the Red Sox. And... I remember walking out of the, the TV room for just one second, and that's when Hendu went deep off Donnie Moore and changed not only the rest of that series, but that year and, of course, all of our lives. And that jumps out before Game 6, and yeah. it's because of the three World Series. Talk right. to me 10 or 15 years ago, and, of course, I say, I say Buckner, I say Chiraldi, I say Stanley, yeah. I say Gedman. I yell like Vin Scully, behind the bag! You know, uh... But, yeah, that's what jumps out, Framingham. Okay, 88. I have one. It's, just the, it's the image of Joe Morgan. It was Morgan's magic. It was him in there in the uh, um, in the dugout going on that win streak. And it was this guy, a local guy from Boston. My immediate image is Joe Morgan. I'll say Clemens because didn't uh, – didn't Clemens get tossed from a playoff? Didn't they get swept? In no, that was that was ninety. That was ninety. Oh, that's ninety. Sorry. Okay, eighty-eight. Oh, 
No, then I'll totally go with, uh, you know what I'll say? Stop and shop. Because I think Stop and Shop had more Morgan Ma- Morgan's Magic promos going on. Every grocery store, you know, every local something wanted to tie themselves into Joe Morgan as pitchman during that epic run. So I'll go. With, I'll go with Stop and Shop. Okay, 1990. I'll Clemens. tell you for me. Yeah, Clemens. For me, it's the. I went to one game at Fenway that year, and it was Dwight Evans hit a bottom of the tenth two run, two out walk off homer. And the place went bananas, and I just mm. remember that vividly. And when they went on, and we we all knew they were going to get their butts kicked by the A's, so it wasn't even an issue. But uh, I just remember that moment. That's what I remember. Okay, ninety five. Ninety five. Well, I could say I could say Sully because we watched a playoff game together with Eli. We did. And Marth, we Billy. did. That's right. That's, that's why when we first. Yeah. Oh my God. That's right. That's where we first met was watching a playoff game together. But instead, what I'll say is Wakefield, because Wakefield carried that team, and the, he pitched game one at home against the Indians. And the same way you were saying, like if you know, like if if Kershaw gets beat, if Kershaw bleeds, then at that point, you know, in the first game of a series, then the Dodgers are always screwed because if you beat the best, then you're not going to have too much trouble with the rest. But Wakefield got smacked around by the Tribe in the first game after going on that unhittable streak. I think Tommy ripped one around the pole for a dinger yeah. off of us. Yeah, and I remember thinking, well, that's the, why play the rest of the games? This is done. Oh, and also, didn't Jose Canseco and Mo Vaughn? Yeah. 20, they went a combined 0 for 27. Right. 0 for. That's my, my word. Over. Yeah, mine is uh, Zane Smith letting up a walk-off homer to Tony Pena. <laughs> what an <laughs> Zane Smith for the win. Yeah. There you go. Who remembered that old bird? Wow. Wow. Good call, Sully. 98. They went to the playoffs in 98? That's actually one of my favorite Red Sox teams because it's the only year they had Mo, Nomar, and Pedro as teammates. And um, the 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 one thing I, the thing I remember was um, Christy Freeze's wedding in Long Island the same day that the Red Sox were in an elimination game, and I set my VCR for six hours, and <laughs> I came back from Christy Freeze's wedding knowing if the Red Sox won, they would force a game five and Pedro would be pitching, and they had a lead deep into the game, and Tom Gordon let up a bases-clearing triple or double by Kenny Lofton, and the Indians wound up winning the series, and I was watching it like three hours after it really happened. So I couldn't really call anyone. And so I was there like at 2 o'clock in the morning watching them get eliminated, even though they had been eliminated for years. So my memory of 1998 is Christy Freeze's wedding. Uh, my memory, uh, well, you stole Christy Freeze's wedding from me. I have no idea, <laughs> no idea she is. Uh, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to have to just ride your coattails on that one because I completely – forgot about that and that's not like selective memory discrimination where i just decided like i'm not gonna black that one out it was so traumatic i had just forgotten about that but now the memory the the like the metallic taste of defeat is so fresh in my mouth when you saying kenny lofton whacking that one off of tom gordon i remember that now and i remember the empty pit in my stomach yo god that sucked 99 o'leary two oh that's a great one. Oh, that's a great oh, Troy one. Troy O'Leary. That game five against Cleveland. 
Cleveland knocking them out in 95, smacking Wakefield around, bossing the Sox in that series, getting to, getting to Flash Gordon, someone else who'd had an epic run as a Red Sox, and beating us again, to finally slay that dragon, to do it in Game 5, to have Pedro come in with nothing resembling a fastball, to have nothing but curves and changes, and which sounds like the name of a, a, a store that uh, plus size plus size women shop at. <laughs> to have Pe- Pedro come in like that, to have Troy O'Leary hit a three run home run and a grand slam. I think the Sox won something like eleven to ten or eleven nine. It was, it was like eleven. Yeah, it was it was a, it was eleven to eight oh. was the final. Oh, what a that was one of to ultimately not win and to lose to the Yanks in five. Uh, only getting the Pedro win at home in Game Three against Roger on an, in another game where I don't think a pitch topped 84 miles an hour. To, that Game Five was awesome. Oh, uh, one, one of my, my favorite wins. My fa- my memory is Indigo. Remember Indigo? Where we used to, there was a Crystal Lucas show up on 84th Street in Amsterdam. I mm-hmm. it was on a Monday night for Game Five, same game, and I'm watching the game while I'm on stage doing a set. And I'm like, oh god, it's like eight to, it's like seven to eight, eight to seven or something at one point. And Pedro comes out of the bullpen, and me and Richie Duncan and Julius Sharp and a bunch of other Red Sox fans are there, and we stayed late. And when when Pedro got the final out, we went running out on the Amsterdam Avenue, jumping up and down. Oh, I just saw Richie a couple weeks ago, by the way. Not that the podcast audience cares, but uh, yeah. he's doing great. He says hello. That's a great way to do it. Oh, boy, I can't wait to share with you when we get a couple years up uh, a similar story, but that plays out the, in the exact opposite fashion. Okay. But for me, 99 is O'Leary, yeah. 2003. Okay. Here's the, all right, here's the counterpoint. Here's the, uh, here's the antithesis of your Sox winning and celebrating after a comedy show in the street. Yeah. For me, 2003, I will say, you could say Grady, you could say Posada, you could say anything related to that awful, awful, awful Game 7, but I'm going to say the pit. And it's not the pit in my stomach like I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> With the Sox losing, it's the pit is in the People's Improv Theater. The, yep. uh, one of the spinoffs of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City's ginormous, all-consuming all, all improv scene. We were doing my old comedy weekly comedy variety show, The Shark Show. Yep, I, the people I, used to do the, I used to do The yes. Shark Show. I, I yes, you did. Yep. You damn, damn skippy you did, and loved having you, too. Uh, always enjoyed your stand-up, Sully. Thank you. Uh, that's why I'm going to kill you last. Uh, <laughs> well, you, but just I, went, you just went commando on me. Completely. I lied. So, so we were doing a show. at the. We wanted to take it out. It was a Thursday night. We wanted to, me and uh, one of the co-hosts, my buddy Ari Vukitis from Brookline, mm-hmm. we wanted to cancel the show. Like, we just couldn't possibly imagine doing our comedy show for 50 people during Game 7, pre-any World Series. This meant the world to us. This was our lives. And our other co-host was like, what are you guys effing kidding me? Come on, you got to, you can't, can't, the show must go on. You got to do it. So we did it, but we brought a tiny TV, like a little 10-inch TV for backstage, and we would run out, and we we just blew through every bit that we had to do. Every intro to a comedian coming up in our variety show was like, all right, coming up next to the stage, a person with names that's going to do jokes, this person. And we would just run to the back, and we were watching it, and the socks were up like 5 nothing, 
and then it went to like 5-1, 5-2, and we were just so nervous, and it went to 5-5 on the Posada bloop when the Pedro stayed in too long, and Grady Little left him in. And I remember having to suppress. I had to like bite a pillow or like put stuff my fist in my mouth, not for sexual purposes, and just like suppress the screams of anguish that I wanted to let out. And then basically finished the comedy show like a funeral, walked across the street, and then watched, of course, Aaron Boone, Tim Wakefield, and the rest is history. Do you know what my memory is? What? My wedding. What? I got married during game three of the division series between the Red Sox and the A's. And with Poppy wife, had a walk-off? The, 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 that was a, uh, a Trot Nixon walk-off. And oh, my, yes! My wife threw out the first pitch at the wedding. She hit a baseball glove and a ball. I had no idea she was going to do this. She had me grab the glove, and she threw the pitch. And she know I know if my husband's mind is elsewhere. And and so we were walking around, and she wanted to have the last dance. You know, have our first dance. And, then, and I kind of kept going back to the bar. Hey, Uncle Don, how are you? How's it going? How's he pitching? How's Lobo? And... <laughs> And they were like, well, we'll start when the game's over. We'll have the first dance. And it went into extra inning. <laughs> and oh. then Nixon hit the home run. Nixon hit the home run, and I run across the dance floor in my tuxedo and said, get my wife. Play the first song. And so. Um, Wait, that was a Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I got married on a Saturday. And yes. uh, that was, uh, and that, yeah, that, so even though, I mean, obviously I could say Aaron Boone and all that, and that's there, but I find my most vivid memory is my wedding. There you oh, go. Oh, man, that series, thank you for bringing that up. That series against the A's was so great. It was like with the the comeback, the, was it Damon Young running into Johnny Damon? Or Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson, uh, running into him and whacking heads in the outfield, backing up from shortstop, whacking heads with Johnny Damon. Derek Lowe coming in in relief to get the final out. Uh, and All right, let's doing, get, doing, the, doing the cross up. grab, yeah. Oh, loved it. All right, let's move on to, let's move on to the uh, – um, to the, to the, all right, I'm going to skip 2004. No one remembers that year. 2004. <laughs> <laughs> what was 2004 to any of us? I don't remember. I think they, I think they lost in the division series. Um, mm-hmm. 2004. First, first memory pops in your head. Nah, first memory that pops into my head. Nineteen uh, Parkside Lounge. Mm-hmm. Saturday not, game one. Nine, nine, uh, no, 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 no game. Whatever, what game did the Red Sox lose? Nineteen eight. Game that was game three. Game three. Yeah, game three. Nineteen that I, that I remember I did a show, and I came out, and I watched them lose 19-8. I remember thinking, why did they do this to us? Why did they, why did they make it all the way back to the ALCS? Why did this talent, this improved bunch, this, the best Red Sox team that I've probably ever watched in my life, why did they bother? Why did they bother making it all the way back just to lose to the Yankees again? What a fluke last year must have been. Why did they bother? I just I remember being feeling more defeat, almost like a different kind of defeat than I felt when they lost in Game Seven in two thousand three. Yeah, I, it was just it was this one was more bitter. This one was that was just depressing. This was bitter. Oh, this one, they didn't even show up. It's like they didn't even show up. Yeah, no, it was it just wasn't even a contest. Uh, and then to have that taste washed out a week later, watching Game Seven in the back of one of the biggest Yankee bars in the city. Uh, on a tiny TV they set up for their loyal Red Sox fans who would come to the bar. It was just, I mean, 
unreal. Dude, unreal. My, it's like the World Series didn't even happen. My my memory was watching. I was at the Bloody Sock game, and you were um, at Game Six. I was. I was there in the bleachers, and my memory, my biggest memory was the moment the umpires ruled that A Rod was out. And oh, the Arroyo slap, yeah. Yeah, and no one because there was no replay. No one really knew what happened, and like the place was going bananas. So yeah, this is the rally. This is the rally. They're going to come back, and I'm staring. What are the umpires going to decide? What are the umpires going to decide? And Eddie Pepitone called me on the phone. Oh, and great, saw, Eddie Pepitone. And I saw Eddie's number. I picked it up. I said, "Yeah, Eddie." He said, "Sully, that son of a bitch, A Rod, slapped the ball away. They're going to reverse the call." And so I got the first clue of what happened. I said, that son of a bitch. And <laughs> and I'm just staring at the umpire, just waiting for the fist to go up because everyone was going 19-18. And the minute the fist went up, I just jumped up in the air like, oh, I can't believe it. And that, <laughs> that moment, waiting for the ump to call him out and stop the rally, that's my that's, – of all the memories of 04, me being there and having Eddie give me the little inside info – that's my wow. Um, oh, I love when you get a call from someone at home who's like, uh, y- y- who can provide like what you're missing on TV because you think, well, I'm there, I'm experiencing, and I know what's really going on. But sometimes no, no, that no. Insight, that's, that's why I best. prefer to watch it at home. I prefer to watch it at home because you know, I mean, as much as being there, I'm, I kind of like sitting on my couch and watching it. I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting old. Um, sure. All right. I, I do too. I do too. I mean, so many great memories from 2004. The that, you know, obviously the, the different places, experiencing it in, i got to say, as great as it would have been to have been in Boston, you know what? It was pretty awesome uh, watching the 2004 ALCS here and getting to celebrate in New York. And you Me know too. what? The funny thing is, the Yankee fans led us. Nobody yep. said a cross word to me for days. Nobody did a damn thing to get in our way or threw anything at us or tried to start a fight with us. They were almost like, all right. All right, that's what you had to do. Yeah, you had to go through us. Good for you. All right, enjoy. They were completely, they were totally cool about it. And damn, did it feel good. Um, okay, uh, 05. David Wells. Didn't belong <laughs> in the Red Sox. Got mashed by, uh, oh, and El Duque, who came in in relief in a game and just blinded the Red Sox. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I was going to say El Duque too, and I'll tell you the added thing is I was driving with my wife. We were going to spend our anniversary weekend uh, in Carmel, and I'm listening to the game as we're driving to Carmel. We had already moved to California. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to the inning and when El Duque came out, and it was like I forgot El Duque was a white sock. And I said, that's not fair. You're not allowed to get El Duque now. And, <laughs> you know, base is loaded. Nobody out. He gets out of the inning. And the moment we pulled up to the hotel, the White Sox got the final out. And I remember thinking, well, at least I'm not going to spend this weekend nervously checking the Red Sox score. <laughs> they did you a favor. You know they what? Kind, if they were going to get eliminated, did. they kind of did. did. They, yeah. That was their anniversary gift to you, Sully. They gave you a little gift. You know what? If we're going to suck, if we're going to suck this bad, if we're not going to repeat, if we're going to be a Shadow of our former self in some just, ways. Just, just be three and out and, let, and have a lovely dinner with my wife. And that it was the White Sox. People like, you know what, Chicago, the White Sox fans deserved it. So it, was, it wasn't like it was like the Angels did it. So it's the Chicago White Sox. Said, okay, 
we got swept. It was over quick. I had a lovely weekend with my wife. Where I like never. I wasn't checking the scores or anything. Nope. Yeah, you know, it was great. Nope. Yeah, you're actually able to be a decent husband for a change, as opposed to leaving them the sports war brides that they are. Yeah, of course the Yankees had to give us the crap pitcher and give them the better one who haunted us in that game. But that's why that's why they're rivals. Um, oh seven. Uh, Papelbon. Yeah. Yeah. Papelbon. For me, me it was, again, a night out with my wife. We were were eating at a tapas bar, and they had a TV on, and we were having a lovely conversation, and while one TV is playing the end of the Midge game, uh, the other TV has Manny Ramirez hitting the home run and standing with his arms up in the air. Oh, Um, that's so great. Oh, and again, I love that. and like I went, and I like kind of grabbed another cranberry juice at the bar, saw the Manny Homer, and like, and now my wife has my full attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I could have said easy would have been Colorado, and not because that's who they ended up playing in right. the World Series or the team that went on that 22 game win streak to make it to the playoffs, but because I, at the time I was doing a web video series for ESPN. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Out, yeah, I was doing a 50 web video series for them, and we just happened to be in Denver to cover the Monday night football matchup between the Packers and the Broncos. And wouldn't you know, I was there that weekend and got to watch Game 3 Saturday night and Game 4 Sunday night in Colorado, in Denver. Uh, Didn't get a ticket to the game, which was a bummer, but did get to actually celebrate there. And another nice fan base that was like, hey, we were just happy to be there. They only turn more vitriolic when it becomes Broncos Patriots. But as baseball fans, they were pretty cool. Um, Let's go to 08. 2008. Price. David Price, oh. Professor Toms, J.D. Drew, yeah. I want to I say it's game five, the epic comeback, and me getting so excited. I was sick, yet I was still somehow in a bar watching with my friends. And I want to say that the my greatest memory of that, maybe, you know, I will. I'll say, you know what I'll say? Uh, my, my, 2008, <laughs> a fart. And here's why I'll say a fart. Because... I was watching Game 5, I was in a bar, I was sick, but I still needed to be out with my friends, and I got so excited after I think J.D. Drew hit that home run that either tied the game or even the game, yeah, I want to say it tied the game in Game 5 against the Rays. In the it, made a, it, made, it made it a one-run game. It, was, it, it made a one-run game, okay. And that, at that point, that made it 7-6 after it had been 7-0. Yes. Uh, then I will say, then I will, yes, then I will say a fart because I got so excited after Drew hit that home run that I let out a like uh, a sick person fart that I couldn't control, and I actually, five people left the bar. Uh, Do you know what I'll I'll say? My brother. Your brother? My my brother, Ted. You've met my brother, Ted, haven't you? Of course I have. Filmmaker filmmaker Ted Sullivan, yes. Yeah, but um, he's kind of, you know, we grew up reading DC Comics and watching baseball, and he kept reading DC Comics and stopped following baseball, and I stopped reading DC Comics and kept following baseball. Mm-hmm. And so he was over at our home in South Pasadena and just having dinner with my kids and my wife and everything. And I looked over, the socks on socks are losing 7 nothing. And I had to all, well, if you're going to lose, lose. You know, at least we're not frustrated. And then by the time I came back out from dinner, it was 7-4. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And my brother, who couldn't name a player, didn't really care, sat down with me and then watched the comeback. And by the time Coco fouled off 78,000 pitches, 
tied the game and was thrown out trying to stretch it to a triple. My brother was jumping off the couch, and we were both 10 years old in Weston. And and that when J.D. Drew hit the walk-off double, my brother, who couldn't pick out, didn't even know the guy's name, his arms were up, and he went, yeah, we won, we won. And it was like, for one night, my brother was a baseball fan again. Like, he didn't, like, I was in L.A. when the Red Sox won in 2004. He was there with me, and he said, go have fun watching the games. And I would go with, like, Julia Sharp or Alex Sulkin to watch it. And then afterwards, he would be like, ah, you must be happy. But that's, he didn't go into the game. It didn't even occur to him, you know. And, wow. But, but watching that game with him, and it was such a great game, that even though they didn't get there, I had that moment with my brother Ted. And so that's, that's my... I tell you, if there's, if you can give me any other reason, why, I mean, you can give me five thousand other reasons why we watch and why these memories are created and why we talk for an hour and change about baseball on the phone together. But that's why. I mean, I've watched so many of these with my my brother as well. You know, my mom's passed and my dad is not well, and I, you know, they, that wasn't the case back in 2004. And I remember when the Red Sox won up three games, nothing against the Cardinals. I, I didn't have a pot to piss in a window to throw it out of uh, or anyone that it would land on to apologize to. But I, I had this crappy part-time job, and I, I called in sick that morning, and I got in a car, and I drove all the way back because instead of celebrating in New York and being with my friends and getting crazy drunk and you know running around the streets, I wanted to be with my mom and my dad and my brother. And they won game four against the Cardinals. And I needed to be in the same TV room where I had watched 86. I needed to be in the same old smoke-filled room where so many Red Sox and sports memories were made together, and I was, and I did, and that stuff, that stuff matters. That's, these, are the, these are the happy thoughts we'll think as we get older and life gets a little more difficult and when the Red Sox you know, eventually aren't as good as they were. We'll think back to these things and have memories with our brother and our family, and it's, you, can't beat, you, absolutely, you, you absolutely can't beat it. It's the best. Oh, nine. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? How about this? Double dick punch. I remember I'd been, I was uh, in my good friend Krister's wedding, and I had just been in Pennsylvania, had a lovely weekend down there, made my way back on Sunday. I was like, well, I got you know what? Not much time to stick around for the brunch the next morning. Uh, I'm a complete degenerate, and i got to get back home so I can watch the Red Sox in Game 3 hopefully start a comeback against the Angels because they always beat the Angels in the ALDS, right? right. And then, after the Red Sox win, I'm going to watch the Patriots kick the Broncos' ass with Josh McDaniels, who's now the offensive coordinator of the team, coaching the then Broncos with Kyle Orton at quarterback. Give me a break. And what happens? Papelbon craps the bed, gives up. After Billy Wagner starts to, like, puts a chip in the dam, Papelbon just completely implodes in the ninth. The Red Sox lose. And it's like, well, at least I got the pass game. And then the Patriots go out to a 10 nothing lead and lose to the Broncos. And McDaniels does some sort of weird Hitler salute to the crowd. And I thought, that's about as bad as a Sunday gets as a Boston sports fan. For me, it's ELO. Um, the, One of the greatest fans of all time. Tell me yes. how Jeff Lynn relates to this. Because I was, I had been relatively new to, um, I, think I, was put, I think it was either Facebook or Twitter, Mm-hmm. And I was going to, when the Red Sox got the final out of game three, I had a link ready. All I had to do was hit publish. And it was going to be a link to the song I'm Alive from Xanadu, ELO's. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. alive. 
and I said, and I said, in honor of the Red Sox, you know, I'm alive. Like they're alive. And so that whole inning, I'm ready to click on I'm yellow. I'm alive. And, <laughs> and Carrero and Abreu get those hits, and I'm like, I better erase this link. And then I'm watching the Angels celebrate. I was like, I just completely picked the worst thing to try to post. So yeah. Maybe wow. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they you know, karmically and cosmically speaking. Maybe they didn't win just because you had such such a lousy blog post on the radio. Like, oh, sorry, Sully. We actually we actually can't let you. Hi, baseball gods here. We actually can't let you do this because of your poor song selection there. Yeah. See, we uh, we will we will not associate a potential championship with a Gene Kelly Olivia Newton John roller skating song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, had you chosen like, okay, it's game seven, and you take the song that was made famous in the great 1996 Farrelly Brothers uh, romp, Kingpin, had you chosen Showdown by ELO, then maybe we'd have more respect for you. But something from... something from Santa Dute? No, sorry, can't do it, bro. All right, and finally, 2013. Oh, man. Where I got to actually go, thanks to a friend who oh. uh, at MLB, I got to go to Game One and Game Six. That's right, I did see the Red Sox clinch a World Series live, and it was not terrible. It was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, uh, the first word that comes to mind is bullpen, and yep. when I say bullpen, it's the Tory Hunter flipping over. It's the four. It's the Grand Slam in Game Two. Uh, the the guy, the cop raising his fist. I remember I raced home from a job. I was shooting a TV show at Penn State on a Saturday, and I raced home to watch game one, listened to most of it, finished watching it at the house. Annabelle Sanchez just stymied the Red Sox in game one. Man, did he have his stuff that night. And then game two, Sunday night, and it was shaping up like, oh, man, I think Detroit's going to get the Red Sox number. They're not going to do this. And the Patriots were losing to the Saints, and Brady was having a tough run in 2013 because he had no – good receivers, and Welker was gone, and they were losing at home to the Saints, and Brady staged one of his vintage Brady comebacks and threw a touchdown pass to Ken Brell Tompkins in the back of the end zone with five seconds left, and that's when Scott Zolak went off on his famous call. I don't know, and, I don't know any of these Unicorn Joe Ponies, where's the beef? Um, and then that night, oh, the Red Sox are losing. Oh, wait, a, oh, man, maybe the, the Sox game was, I mean, the pass, so that's glad they won, but this is for not, and then that home run. I mean, it's just it always and forever. 2013 has to be that 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 grand slam. That, that's Poppy. That's the signature Poppy moment. I'll tell you. But the first thing, and this is actually the most the YouTube clip I watched the most is, and I, when, when it happened, I was at my house. And, oh, I know the YouTube clip you watched the most. It's that was that news reporter who's stomping on the grapes and falls and breaks their collarbone. Okay, the second most for me <laughs> is yeah. I was I sitting on my couch with baseball with sports writer Michael Ferraro and with my friend Gar Reness, who's known as the Batting Stance Guy on YouTube. Love him. The, Love yeah. him. Well, the, well, the three of us are in my watching Game Four of the World Series, and the day after the whole Will uh, Middlebrooks and the inner and the interference and everything. Oh, and that's nonsense. Sitting watching the game, thinking that they're they're rallying, and I had picked the Cardinals all year, and I'm thinking, you know what? A lot of magic is. I found myself thinking, a lot of magic in this Red Sox team. It got us to Game Four of the World Series, but you know what? 
I see it unraveling right now. You know, and, and, and all the things like, well, who would have thought they'd even make it to the World Series? It's hitting my mind. And then the Fox cameras for the second straight day don't catch the last moment of the game. Koji spins, picks off Colton Wong, the game is over. We're like, wait a minute, what just happened? What do you mean the game's over? And, like, the three of us are going ape on my couch, mm-hmm. just going like, like, it's, like, I'm the only Red Sox fan, but the three of us, we don't know what just happened. It's like, nope. wait, they picked them off? Wait, what, what just happened? And, and then that, at that moment, I thought like, well, then they're going to win. <laughs> At this point, it's like that almost clinched the World Series. It's like I, I never doubted for a minute after that. Like they're going to win the World Series at that moment, and you know you knew it was going back to Fenway. You knew the Red Sox had the advantage pitching wise, and I'm like holy cow, and it, they picked them off with yeah. Beltran with Beltran at the plate. And who's just, like, just like in the bloody sock game. When they got through the bloody sock game, you're like, oh, this is game seven tomorrow night. And the Yankees are scared and the fans are trembling and they're going to do this. Oh, this is ha- this is happening. Uh, yeah. There are certain games that are like, you know, you not to overuse a, uh, a title or a phrase that's been overused in sports so much, but like the tipping point, like you knew at that point, like that's when it just trended. the other, When he picked off Wong, it's like, oh, this is over. They, yeah. they're, they're They're winning the World Series. It's like, when Poppy hit the Grand Slam in Game 2, it's like, oh, Detroit, oh, no. It, it's not even going to be like Mike Napoli's, you know, bomb to center field off Justin Verlander in that huge one to nothing win or any well, other not, ways that they... Well, let's not forget uh, Victorino's Grand Slam. Uh, oh, the- Victorino. Oh, man, I miss the flying Hawaiian. I know, oh, I know. He was great. Man, that team was so... That what a likable 2004 yeah. and 2013 such likable teams what yeah. what magical runs what what great memories what a freaking great time on this podcast too also just yeah. thinking about thanks for thanks for stirring up those memories because well I I kind of thought this would be for the two of us this would be a fun game to play so there you oh, go I, we've got fun. we squeezed two episodes out of this so oh uh, this, well this is it's a two parter it's a two parter. It's a two-part. It's like it's like on the movie loft when they had to break the movie into two parts. Oh, the movie loft. Oh my God. Speaking of the movie loft, I I'd still say, you know, we 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 like we we you know we follow Friday like and retweet each other a bunch. But I'll tell you, when I, I, one of my five favorite tweets ever, and I don't know what the other four are. Don't ask me. Just let me just say one of my five favorite tweets ever. Was, was, I think you even know what it's going to be. I know. It's I know. Oh my God! It's when <laughs> when Ben Affleck was named as Batman, and you, me, and a bunch of other people that fancy ourselves unemployed comedy writers just start, but all happened to be from you know New England or Boston, just went off on a rant about you know Ben Aff Ben Affleck, you know calling him like Commissioner Gordon or you know is the Batmobile gonna you know is it gonna be is it gonna be full of clam chowder, and you went so hyper specific and you. And Affleck as Batman. Where are they going to have the Batcave in the movie loft? I lost it. Oh, I wish you were allowed to retweet something a thousand times. Yeah, they're going to build the Batcave in the movie loft. Where are they going to have? Where are they going to build the Batcave in the movie loft? Now, for anyone else at home or wherever you are right now who has made it through all two parts of this ten-hour, this Tony Kushner presents Angels in America, the Sully Fitzy Red Sox podcast. That was 
one of those non-network TV, like a local TV station on Friday nights, this great TV host by the name of Dana, Dana Hersey would bring bring you movies, and that was his little set. It was called the Movie Loft, and instead of you know being able to look things up on the internet or having like pop up video. He would just, you know, do these little breaks, these little interstitials, and tell you like little facts and factoids and little interesting things about the movies there and Dana Hersey's movie loft. And so that's like the movie loft is just one of those things you knew growing up in the '70s and '80s in Boston. And oh man, that just strikes a boy that that just hits my funny bone in all the right spots. Well, this podcast could be a little longer than normal, but do you know what? This is for me. This is a fun trip down memory lane. So hey, I'm going to sign off here. So hey, uh, where can people catch your stuff? Uh, if you guys want to follow along on Twitter uh, for my Boston sports stuff, uh, Patriots, Red Sox, and everything else, it's at Fitzy GFY. The blog I keep uh, is County News T O W N I E N E W S dot com. That's where I do my Pats fans videos, sell my the Brady and Belichick shirts and all that jazz. And uh, every now and again, I appear on TV, but I'm having too much fun doing the Boston sports stuff online these days to care about a TV career. Oh. But if you're in New England, uh, October 12th at 8 p.m. at the Comedy Scene, which is the comedy club down at Patriot Place, I'll be doing the next episode of my live monthly sports talk show, The Offensive Line, with Jerry Thornton, comedian Greg Murphy, and two-time Super Bowl champion Dan Copen. So uh, check it out. You can get info at townynews.com. Hey, Jerry Thornton and I were both in Curse of the Bambino and reversed the Curse of the Bambino. Great guy. Made friends with him uh, on the Twitter. And now he's oh. in the videos and he's on WEI every day. Oh, cool. Uh, good. Talk about somebody that you would enjoy some time with, Sully. Hopefully one day we can make that happen. All right, then. Hey, uh, and by the way, go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Reverend Heights, and SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Packer and Patrick Kowitzki. And let's hope we make some new Red Sox memories this year. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.